Welcome to the Anarchist Monastery with uh, Daniel Roy Connolly and Hugh Bernays. Hello. Hello there, guys. We've got a, a really interesting program coming up today. Uh, we're going to be, we've had some le- fantastic letters in from readers all over the world. We're just going to take a couple of those. We're also going to be talking about World Art Day, on, uh, which is on Saturday, the 15th of April. So we've got some stuff to chat about there. And we're also then going to return to my life in the Foreign Office, my life as a, a, a Foreign Office office boy. Um, last time we looked at Bombay, I think we're going to have a little bit more there, and then, and then we might be moving to Bangladesh, in fact. Um, so that's all coming up on today's episode of the Anarchist Monastery. Well, we've had, some, uh, we've had a fantastic mm-hmm. response uh, to the the podcast there, Hugh. Good to see your happy smiling face again there uh, yeah, on the other you. side. And yours. Hope it's all Likewise. going well. You had a good nice week. You had a good week. Oh, I had a fascinating week. Have you? Yes. We're going to hear about that. Interesting times. Interesting, interesting yes. times at Hugh High. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll get to that, no doubt. We've had some amazing letters in um, from from people all over the world. Uh, we're blown away by the response. Um, here's, here's a letter from, um, uh, it says, Dear Hugh and Daniel, I'm concerned about the future of mm. all writing. Uh, wow. Uh, these days you can get a bot to write anything you want. What's the point of us creating anything anymore? For all I know, the anarchist monastery might be written, produced and performed by chat GTP. How do I know your real best wishes? Uh, user 432, the cloud. Oh, Daniel, we've been found out. That's that's a lot, isn't it? Right? There's, a, there's a lot going on. They know in there. who we are not. Holy moly! I right? was trying to find out who I was, and now I find out who I'm not. D- define yourself by what you're not, Hugh. I would. Yeah. So what? Uh, how do we? How do we know that? How can we? Well, user four three two. I don't know if you. We're coming to you live now, but that might not be enough because presumably your software program could recreate my voice and that sense of. It happening now. Um, what is it? It's well, I know it's sunny and like fifteen degrees outside. Maybe maybe that wouldn't have been completely apparent to it. I don't know much about this Chat GTP thing, but I take it that it needs something to work on. It needs a template. So if it was reproducing you, Daniel, because it knows the sort of things that you would say, yeah, it's because they were in on the first podcast. Oh right, okay. And have yeah, they've sampled you. They sampled your voice, your intonation, and your state of mind, importantly, you know, your mellifluous tones and the rest of it. You, you think they sampled from what, from the, from our recordings themselves, from the Anarchist That's Monastery? That's it, they got like, in there and they've, they've, they've stolen our first podcast. Episode one, right. Oh my God, they're so... And I'm they're sh- making up all these hey, from, sh- the podca- from the first podcast. Hey, chat GTP, reproduce something ramshackle without direction. That's podcast number one. Right. Well, obviously, yes. I mean, that's is what, whatever they make of it mm. is uh, is what um, your uh, correspondent is listening to. Yeah. Well, I mean, so look, use a four three two in the cloud. I see what you did there. Um, that's <laughs> that's very good. Um, how do you know that we're real? Um, I suppose it's it's a matter of trust as much as anything, isn't it? Right. Plus, I don't. I don't think chat, can ChatGTP really get all the inflections of my voice. And yes, is it yes, like sat here next yes. to me on the on the on the in the studio right now? That's nothing. And more That's so. Nothing. And Give more it next so. week, and it'll be it'll be uh, thinking ahead of you. It'll know what you're going to think next. Well, it's not. But I mean, the thing is, the thing is, Daniel, is that we know we're real. Right. 
But our correspondent here, mm. what was his name? Again? User 432. User 432, yeah. User 432 mm. is listening to another podcast that's oh been made out of our podcast. In another dimension. He's listening to an alternative anarchist monastery. I mean, perish the thought. Oh, God, there's such a thing as an alternative anarchist oh, yes. monastery. We thought we were alternative. We're, we're, we're nothing. We're spawning. Oh, my goodness. How terrifying we're is so that? We're so orthodox. I know. <laughs> so User 532, or whatever your name is, I'm so glad you pointed this out because we were just so complacent. Yeah, no, thank you very much. We uh, thought we were who we were. At user 432, your, your, your grammar is immaculate, uh, may I say. Oh, that's a sign, isn't it? Okay, the Immaculate grammar, that tells you everything. Well, um, okay, that's good. So, look, here's another letter from, uh, from um, Davide in, in Rio de Janeiro, all the way over there oh, uh, yes. uh, in Brazil. Lovely place. Lovely. Uh, dear Hugh and Daniel, I recently discovered Skittles, uh, and they're awesome. I like the tangy ones best, green preferably. If you could be a piece of confectionery, what would you be and why? Oh, well, I think I'd be, um, I'd be a drifter bar. What's in a drifter bar? I really like the drifter bars. The drifter bars were crunchy, um, covered in chocolate fingers, you know, chocolate music, but they also had a sort of uh, caramelly toffee uh, layer amongst them. Oh, they sound good. Oh, they were. They were really delicious. So they weren't just dry. They were also succulent. Of course. And mm. they were produced by Nestle when I was working there. When I first started reworking there, after mm. not working there for a while, mm. got onto the, um, the drifter bar line. And uh, they really were my favourites. But... You know, as time went on, mm. like a lot of these famous chocolate bars that we mm. all used to know and sort of uh, look back nostalgically on, you know, they just withdraw them and just concentrate the sales force on the Kit Kat. So you present, you, you spent quite some time on, on the production line at the Nestle factory here in York. Yes, so you've, I seen, do. you've seen a lot of confectionery go by. In the beautiful old 1930s building that is right. now being turned into flats and everything. Yes, I've seen an awful lot of chocolate go by. Right. It was good fun, that, that particular line. And the people who were working on it were good fun. They came from all over the world, mm. mostly. And I ended up um, as a cleaner on that. Okay. Yeah, it was the most permanent job. I even got overtime. You cleaned up the chocolate spillage. What I did, yes, I, I, they, they were all making, the, they, they were packing like. the chocolate bars and I was crawling around on the floor picking up the uh, where, spilled bits where? of, um, yeah, the chocolate and the, and the wrappers that were flying about all over the place. And sometimes I got my fingers stood on, but I didn't mind. It, didn't, it was a great job. It didn't, did they deliberately stand on your fingers? Or, uh, uh, of course Were, were you bullied because no. you were on the, uh, you were the cleaner upper? Well, I did volunteer for the cleaning. You did? Um, and knowing that, yes, I, if I suffered at all for being a cleaner, it was from the union. The union didn't like somebody who was a casual worker, and I was very casual and right. quite laid back as well. Right, both um, of those things. They hated the idea of a casual worker getting half an hour's overtime oh. ahead of a union member. Oh, and I couldn't. Such hierarchy. Oh, yes, and it went on. I, I carried on getting this overtime for maybe um, two months or something, and then it was stopped. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you could say it was a sort of um, uh, administrative bullying. It wasn't personal. It right. was, I, I, you know, you can't give casual workers overtime mm. when it's available and not to union members. Now, that, that's the, wait a minute, so that's the Nestle factory here in, in, mm. in north mm. of the city, is that right? Yeah, Going it's not in that building anymore. That's being turned into wonderful flats. Right, okay. Okay. Really, that's uh, out on the Haxby Road, am I that's right? That's it, on Going the Haxby Road, yeah. yeah that's yeah, where the Nestle, yeah. that's where you market. work. Yeah, yeah. Right. And before on that, the, the Terrace Factory, which has also been made into the most wonderful flats is with jacuzzis right. and swimming pools and Yeah, so gentrification, Hugh. Uh, well, residentation, residentation. Residentation, that sounds yes, like a Yes, without a reference to teeth either. Yeah, no, exactly. 
exactly exactly that's the toothpaste so when every all the everything mm. moves into your have mouth have you got any you other letters have to get, i do i haven't i haven't said what i'd like to be oh yet. yes come on come on so uh, i do have another letter but i um i uh what would i like to be um a i used to love i used to love marathons or snickers as they become right there because that, there's that little peanut thing going on i i quite like peanuts um in uh, in a bit of chocolate um ah the snickers right? bar yes well do you know the poem about the I snickers once had, bar? I tell you what happened I tell you what happened once I had yeah. I bought a bar of chocolate in India once and it was a a Cadbury's fruit and nut it was locally produced Cadbury's fruit and yeah, nut yeah yeah and I bit into it and a pin went straight through my cheek a Cadbury's fruit and nut and a pin a pin there was yes yeah, so is this a haberdashery pin this was a pin it was a, it was a, it was a small yes exactly yeah with a, a little small, head on it how dreadful pin with a little head on it and yeah. I bit into my fruit and ooh, nut ooh. and this uh, pin went straight through I'm, I, sh I should by rights be scarred for life yeah did you send it back to them I don't think there was much point in doing that oh yeah because uh, well, one usually does that and then gets hundreds of uh, yeah uh, this, was, this was kind of India in the late yeah I was going to ask if you knew the little poem about Snickers tell me the little poem about Snickers yeah. Yeah. one two one two and through and through the vorpal blade went snicker snack is that it yeah, it oh, is. Do you know where it comes from? Lewis Carroll, the Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky, yeah. isn't it? But it does mention the Snicker bar as ah. a snack. How extraordinary. One, two, one, two, and through and through. The Vorpal Blade went Snicker, snack. So you think that's where you think that's why they changed the name? Because of, uh, because of Jabberwocky? I think, that, I think that Lewis Carroll was always able to look into the future and divine what was going to happen. Well, you read close reading of Alice in Wonderland and you've got it? the next three centuries. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And they, he, that was just showing off. Yeah. I know there's going to be a Snicker bar. Quite candy floss. Quite like candy floss when I was a kid as well. Who doesn't? It's just pure sugar, isn't it? Mm. You have a candy floss and then you just run around terrorising everyone for an hour and then oh. you just fall asleep in tears, don't you? Yeah. That's yeah. what happens with candy floss. Just pure sugar. And what's the last letter? Love those. Okay, what else have we got? Uh, let me see. This is from Rene in Tenerife. Oh, how nice. Lovely. Tenerife, we're, we're yeah, getting yeah, yeah. some letters in from... Uh, from Spain nice there, weather. how lovely that is. Yeah. I think your, dear, dear Hugh and Daniel, I think yeah. your show, The Anarchist Monastery, is mistitled. Ah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about anarchy, believe me. I grew up in Kent. <laughs> and my father, and my father, God bless his memory, used to run a monastery. It's okay. It seems to me you're jumping on the back of a stream of cliches without bothering to find out what they mean when all's said and done. Oh, well, I, uh, that, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, 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 in point of fact, I'm, dis I'm disappointed by both of you. Who are you and why? Well, that's Renee in Tenerife. I think she might have been having some lessons from Ralph in New York City. About well, being well, I mean, from Kent to Tenerife, abruptness. I think that's quite bold. You know? right. Obviously, there's a lot going on in Kent that we don't know about. Anarchist monastery. We we definitely have not researched our anarchist monastery provenance in Kent. No, we haven't. Do we have a provenance in anywhere? Mm Apart from inside our minds, well, yes. In I mean, York. obviously, we need to know if we if pe people can write in and tell us. You know, yeah, we've got one in Iceland. You know, it'd be right. great to hear about. But I think the one in Kent. I think it's we need a little bit of that. You know, if we were ever to appear in Wikipedia, then um, we need this sort of background. But, you know. <laughs> so here's that letter. Remember that aspiration we were we were talking about. Well, here's a question that kind of begs the same question. In fact, go on. Who are you and why? I mean, that's what Renee in Tenerife. Wants to know. She she she's a little bit suspicious that we're either anarchistic or monastic, and uh, she I suppose she just wants us to to, to let her know how we well, connect Daniel, to those. Do how know, do we I, connect to those things? I've just I've honestly I've investigated the difference between who I am and what I am. Right. 
what, recently for a long while. Yes, yes. No, yeah. I've been really trying to separate the two out. Oh dear. You know, and w the one thing you can definitely say about who you are yeah. is that it's as long as a piece of string. Right. You know, which is you, which is twice the length from one end to the middle, isn't it, Hugh? It will be. Yes, yeah. it will be. Uh, yeah. But but you know, um, actually, you can get magic string as well in the who world. In the what world, which is very physical and everything is constrained, you know, it's limited. When you look at what you are, you actually um, can describe it and finish. You know, it's finite. But right. who is not finite? And when she's going, you know, this is one of the reasons why we're interrogating one another, presumably, right. is to try and pin this down. Well, it's dynamic, isn't it? That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, who yeah, we are yeah. today, we are, that's we're not who we were last week. To, we're changing one another as we speak. That's not I mean, the observation I've, of I've each other is actually changing our neck. identity. Yeah. 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 So, so, so the question... I mean, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. What do we say? Uh, I, I wasn't sure you were going to say that. Uh, <laughs> that's... Uh, you knew. Yeah, yeah cheers. Yeah, um, chat GT. So how do how do we? I mean, it's a good question. I don't know, Renee. It's look, great questions. I think Ask it's, more questions. I Renee. think it's I think it's fair to say that uh, uh, we we are sort of perhaps anarchistic because we like to follow. Uh, they're not even rules, are they? Really, they're just sort of you know our own conventions that are changing minute by minute in terms of what we're doing on this podcast so we we want to just try and i don't know remold a a, a yes, the, the, the yes. format in some way what you're saying you're saying anarchy has no boundaries hmm. but that doesn't mean to say it's chaos there is hmm. order hmm. there may be no boundaries and so we have to go wherever we can go well that's without the, fear yeah for me the order lies in the monastery then the right the, well, the monastic exactly exactly so that's a very good answer to it side of things, yes yeah right yeah. so we're so we're a little bit of both of those things. the anarchy is bound is is without boundaries yeah but the monastery brings order that's good I i'm so sorry renee that you're 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 disappointed by us i you, you i mean you barely know us I, and i don't want to put anyone else off from writing in because it's a wonderful thing to get your letters uh what what can we, can we try in some way to alleviate uh renee's uh, manifest disappointment in, I would in say, who we are. Yeah, I would say if she's listening now um, and feeling a little guilty at saying she was disappointed hmm. in case that undermined our morale or yeah, anything, maybe she, um, I'd say it's all right, Renee. We can take it. Mm. Um, be disappointed in us. We're mm. always trying to be better, mm. and uh, it's just um, a record of your of your demanding nature and your high standards that you're disappointed. And yeah. we're interested to hear, you know, that we're not uh, reaching them, but we will. We'll I'm get there with I, your help. I'm sure that one thing that Renee won't be disappointed by will be the climate in Tenerife, where it's presumably sunny and thirty today. And uh, which is just divine. And uh, so there's compensation. Yeah, I, I suspect disappointing so. anarchist monastery. Lovely weather. I suspect so. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks, folks. That's lovely to hear your letters. Uh, do keep them coming. Um, we're, we're very happy to hear from you. Absolutely blown away by by where everything is coming from. Is that right, Hugh? Absolutely. Welcome back to the anarchist monastery. Um, art. There we are. That's a big one, isn't it? Hugh, it's World Art Day on Saturday, the 15th of April. Now, my understanding is that that day has been chosen because it's the birthday of uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And he's How nice. How appropriate. How appropriate. Right. Happy birthday, Leo. Yeah. Uh, World Art Day, Saturday the 15th. Um, we thought we'd spend a little time just chatting art. What 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 art has uh, inspired your life? Which artists? Anyone in particular there, Hugh, who's really inspired your? Uh... 
Yes, well, I mean, it's very difficult. It's very difficult not to be inspired by Hieronymus Bosch because it's so weird, you know, and... Um, He's amazing. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it is really um, the imagination right. exalted. These are things you have never seen and are never likely to see, but so beautifully painted as though they really existed. And that comes at a period of art where people are, you know, actually looking to paint their real lives. You know, there's realism, there's perspective, there's people as they are, wonderful portraits of real people and so on. And yet there's Hieronymus Bosch going off on this wonderfully weird trip, painting his dreams. Painting his oh, dreams. Extraordinary. And, yeah. And what kind of things? He's sort of painting hellscapes and heavenscapes, isn't he, as well, and that kind of thing? Am yeah, I right? Well, there's the Garden of Earthly Delights and so on and Paradise, but mostly um, the ones that are the most spectacularly weird are the, uh, the, the paintings where he's illustrating the damned. Yes, exactly. And the hell. And, um, and they're these... Uh, Creatures that are made up of different parts of other creatures. Exactly. There's so much mutation Brilliant, in it, eh? and also um, is mutation. There's even there's even a uh, a character um, that looks like it's made of an egg that has a body like an egg, but it's mm. but or a mushroom, one or the other, and and it's like the shell has been broken slightly, and you can see inside it. And there's poor suffering people doing eccentric things like um, spinning on a uh, or spinning with a spinning wheel and, right, and doing fantastic. flax, doing ordinary things that people in the medieval period would do yes. because that's when Hieronymus Bosch was painting. I mean, yes. should have said that's what's so extraordinary e about ex it. Except these ordinary things are done with, like, a lamb with a fish's head uh, and, a, tr oh, and yes. a trombone coming out of its rear end, right? Um, yes, spinning. oh, yes, scatological too. It's yeah, quite... Sh yeah, I mean, the whole thing is shocking. So that is quite um, uh, inspiring. To Bosch. Yeah, I know, of course, I like Egon Schiele a lot oh, as well. Oh, I do. He's quite naughty, though, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, they're both quite naughty, they're very edgy, you know, and sort of uh, at a certain level yeah. um, and can be very rude, I suppose. Lots of nakedness, you know. and lots of nakedness. And, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, 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 but, um, Sheila but, take but a that bow. visceral sort yes. of, both of them are visceral and so they, um, they, they raise, when you look at things like that, yeah. they raise the energy level in you with the enormous challenge that they present to you. Other things, you know, nice pictures of palaces they with people the senses, outside. These things challenge you, yeah. yeah. So you can feel yourself sort of. That's uh, good. I like that. I like that idea of feeling yourself being stirred up because yeah. I, I like to think. I like to. I like to assess my senses when I'm standing in front of a, a, a piece of art that I haven't seen before, perhaps. And I, I like to just think about. How is my how are my eyes reacting to what I'm seeing? How um, am I hearing something from this painting, for example? Ah, uh, synesthesia. Yeah, exactly. Can I can I <laughs> right? Can I reach out and just and just touch that wooden bench in the painting without actually reaching out and touching that wooden bench? I can I can sort of imagine what that might feel like to run my hand down right that wooden bench for example so i i tend to just again see how it affects me in a sort of sensory in a sensory way and that said um i was in new york city with a friend about 15 years ago they had an exhibit they had an exhibition at the museum of modern art and one of the painting one of the pictures it was actually a photographic exhibition it was an enormous photograph of, uh, so it would have been about five or six meters wide by about three meters down, an enormous photograph of Velázquez Las Meninas, that very famous court painting. Yes, um, I know it. Yes, from the, the Spanish royal family, Philip the Fourth, I think it was, uh, in the mid seventeenth century, uh, sixteen fifty something like that. 
Las Meninas, meaning I think Lady in Waiting. I think that's correct, isn't it? So it was a painting of the of the of the Spanish royal family with two ladies in waiting. There are lots of people in the painting, and of course, then the the painting is a painting of people being painted, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're you're stood where the artist is, where Velázquez is, and and the subjects are looking at you. Right, while you are right, while you are right, painting right. them, so it's it's um, it's very meta. It's it's a painting within a painting. This was a photograph of people looking at the painting Las Meninas. So you had three le- you had three levels, if you like. You had the level of the artist in Las Meninas. Mm-hmm. Then you had the people that he was representing in that painting, mm-hmm. and then bring it back one step. You have a photograph of the backs of people's heads looking at that painting. Mm. And then me and my friend are standing there looking at At, the photograph of the painting of the painting. And that was extraordinary. We, we riffed on that for hours. We were just lost in it. It was an extraordinary thing. Yeah, it's like two mirrors placed facing one another and it just goes on forever. But this is the essence of playfulness, Remarkable isn't it? Remarkable playfulness. Velasquez was being playful. Mm. Yeah. And then the I think pe- they say. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, and a uh, very good name for a uh, perfume, I would say. Jouissance. Jouissance. Yep. You know, why? Could be launched anytime. Playful, my dear. <laughs> but of course, the photographers were responding to Velasquez's um, playfulness by the way that they were photographing it. It's as amazing, well. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, being at World Art Day. Uh, there's stuff going on uh, in in I'm sure a lot of towns and cities in the UK. There's something happening in York. What's going on there, Hugh? You, well, yes, it's the Open Studios are actually starting. Um, their little season. They have two weekends. Yeah, um, a little season. Yes, and uh, the fifteenth. Uh, yes, indeed, is World Art Day, and that's the day that they, um, the Open Studios, open their doors. But those people who might not know um, what the Open Studios, what are Open Studios? Yeah, the concept, basic concept, is is that in a town like York, but it could be any other market town um, or, or region in a city, um, the artists that live there. The resident, local resident artists. Yes, that that actually, where they're, they're they've got houses. That's their, it's their residencies. That's where, and um, they may do their art there. Certainly in York, I mean, right. people will be uh, um, maybe doing pottery out in the garden, in the shed there, in the pottery shed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they will be um, sewing wonderful things in their front room. They will be painting in their attics. They open up you know, their houses for for visitors to and come what and they do. Walk the art. That, yes, it's generally one stare. gets the idea that the art that they're making. Yes. in these houses is what they've put on exhibition for you to come and see. And so um, they'll prepare a couple of rooms and hang their work and display it. And uh, Open Studios is um, then backed up, that whole concept, yeah. with a beautiful, um, which is always worth keeping, catalogue of the different houses where this art is being displayed. And what, about 100 houses, would you say? Is that about right? In York, 100 houses you can go into, or workplaces? Yeah, it could be more than that. Arty work, yeah, art yeah, spaces, we could be studios. Getting, we could be getting up to the 200, You think actually. so? Well, it's been going a long time now. But how much of that is also people just like being really nosy and wanting to go into someone else's house and see oh, what, like, the how they live? To see? Yeah, but yeah not course. going to see the art, oh. just going to see how other people live. 
Uh, right. Yes, looking around at other people's yeah. houses. Yeah, You'd like yeah, a bit yeah, of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, Just yeah. get in there. I mean, that is something that you can do anyway by pretending that you want to buy a place ah. and just taking in the houses that happen to be on the market at that time. You can. I don't think you could. I don't. I think they do a background check <clears> these days, or a bank check, or something before they let you in. I think so. I think because that was exploited by a lot of people, wasn't yeah. it? Just well, wanting to go and see a super posh place that they. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, look yeah, at that. That's yeah. amazing. Look at those pillars, and uh, they got about fifteen quid in their bank account. Um, I think they kind of stop that. I don't know. I think high-end places these days, they do a sort of check on anyone who wants and Which puts more pressure on the open studios where people are really interested in people's houses. But there isn't anything actually intrinsically wrong uh, with people being interested in each other's downstairs rooms that no. have been arranged and everything and talking to Human the people nature. who live there. Because, I mean, when they go out of sheer curiosity and maybe a fairly superficial curiosity, yes. they're going to come across the work that the artist has been doing. With a bit of luck. Um that will be all over the walls and they'll be able to talk to the artist and talk to other people there. Yes. It's, you know, so it's a very jolly occasion. Is there any artists in York that you're, you're looking forward to, to going to see? Have you, have you got that far yet? Or um, do you have an agenda for, for the weekend? Yes. What's your well, plan? How many houses are you going to crash? Well, it's always, I mean, one always likes to go and see Mark Hurld, um, who lives on uh, the Mount. He's got his, his house, he always puts that open. Mark Hurld in York <clears> on the yes, Mount. That's right. Yep. And uh, Emily Sutton, right. who lives just through the walls. Yes. Um, and both of them. Living through the walls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have postcards on the sale most of the time. Okay, in they've reached postcard York level. So uh, we're familiar with them, and they're, and they're very productive yes. and, uh, and working at an extraordinarily high standard. Yes. And um, we can go and see how they live, Mark and Emily, can't we? We can go and crash their pads and think, oh, look at that, I wouldn't have the TV there. Yes, there's Jill Tattersall as well, who's moved um, quite close to us, actually. I see. She used to be up at um, a little further away in a wonderful place called St Paul's Square. Right. Which has its own, which has its own garden in the middle of it. Oh, how it's delightful. Yeah, yeah. No, and now she's moved much closer to you. And what, what's her kind of thing? What's her... Uh... Oh, she's a painter. Painter? She, well, I mean, she's, she's quite concept as well. She, um, she has, uh, she has a, um, a sort of magazine that she publishes. Oh, does she now? That's, yeah, that's... which has her art in it and ideas and stories and so on. So you see what she's up to. But she's quite capable of, um, of imaginative um, sculpture and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and the whole thing is called The Wolf. Um, I can't say that. Yeah, so, of, so I, so I think a, that might maybe the name of the uh, of the little magazine she sends around. I have a bit of a speech impediment. I I, 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 I struggle to say that word. Yeah. I can't say. I, I say wolf, wolf. Wolf. I can't say it. I can't say wolf or yes. wolf. I well, really that gives you something. Yeah, yeah. That gives you something to Everything do. Everything else is yeah. fine. I think I get all the other pronunciation right, but someone chucks that word in, right? And uh, the company of what? What is it, Connolly? The company of what? The company of what? I don't know. No, don't do this to me. The company of wool. wool. I can't do it. Yeah, I still yeah, can't do yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a speech yeah. issue. It's a bona fide. I need to find someone to help me with my wool, wolves. Yeah, well, yes. Right? Oh, dear. What Maybe Jill Tidstall will be able to help you with okay. that. So, well, <laughs> she, she might have a side about it. She has side a wonderful, wonderful pronunciation of side the wolf. She specialises in that as an image. But she's a very imaginative person. And so it's always interesting to go and see her and she's local and there's a a place just on the other side of our garden too on the other side oh is of there yeah yes on the other side of uh, coming close to home isn't it the art yeah but yeah are yeah. you going to make any art for world art day you're going to do something you're going to mark the day yourself uh, uh, as well as crashing everyone's houses are you going to sort of do something well like i should little... be yeah no doubt i should be inspired but i mean you can't just crash in on it you know um it's uh, you have to be these days you you have to apply and then your work has to be assessed 
and then photographed and put in the and approved and put in the in the program. I see. Oh, uh, does it? it has to be oh, assessed. Yeah, there yeah, are yeah. assessors, are there? Oh, I'm quite For sure quality. there are. I'm quite sure there are. Yes, I yeah. see. Um, because the so it's standard... not entirely democratic, then, is it? Oh no, not at all. The, 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 it's uh, it's dictated by the quality of the work, really, right. uh, to make sure that people who are coming around to the studios see something that's really interesting. A bit like this podcast. <laughs> We're being constantly evaluated on the quality of our work. Isn't that terrifying? So I'm going to take my. Um, I'll be taking my boy. Oh, well, that's a good around. Thing. Yes, uh, yes, people do take their kids. He, he loves his art. He's very good. He's start, starting out as, uh, and he's doing some really interesting drawings and graphics and stuff like that. I'm very proud of him. And he and I are probably going to bumble around and uh, and 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 crash into other people's houses, see how they live first of all, see if they've got any. Um, any uh, PlayStations going on or anything like that? That'll, yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll and you won't the be the only one. I, when I was uh, when I was in town yesterday, yes. only yesterday, yes. um, buying a, an Easter card. Where did you buy your Easter card? From? I bought it from the little gallery at Micklegate, actually. Did you? Yes, it's under under Micklegate Bar. There's a beautiful little gallery there, so. and it uh, so it has uh, quite personal cards that you might not meet you right. know, in every shop. Certainly got some Mark Hurley. Send Easter cards. That's quite a rarity, I would imagine, Hugh Hubertine, uh, sending an Easter card to someone. Do you do that? That's I, what you bought the card it's, for. It, yeah, I suppose it's part of it's part of uh, my marriage, really. Is it? That, is it? Uh, yeah. Part of the contract. On, um, on occasions, on special occasions that come up in the calendar, um, those are recognised with a card. Quite often it's an opportunity of giving a little present, maybe, and some... Um, an Easter present. Would that be some yeah. Nestle chocolate, would you say, uh, Hubert? Uh, it might be, but it might be it might be um, a, a book or yeah. a CD or something like okay. that. Okay, some some little some little thing uh, because be the, the uh, it's good. The Nestle, the Nestle chocolate that the new Hugh has scraped off the floor yeah, of maybe. the factory and stuck in an egg, <laughs> put a I bit of foil so. around it. Yeah, yeah. I think Easter. maybe my wife might be the person who would buy the chocolate and give the egg. Right, but also, I mean, one of the reasons why I have to do it and go uh, to a, a gallery. Um, specifically to choose a card is because I write the poem that goes with the particular you always, day. You, you love a poem, don't you, Hugh? You, love a, yeah. you have a Christmas poem, you have a... You a have Valentine's Easter, Day a Valentine's poem, poem, a birthday poem. poem, a Mother's Day poem. That's right. And um, and if somebody's leaving after living in the street for a long time, there might be a valedictory poem, poem or yeah. somebody's... Um, yeah, there are all sorts of occasions. Can't and believe of course, you'll soon be gone. Oh, no. So sometimes, long. yeah, one has to write funeral poems as well, remembering somebody. Yes. But I'm more, you know, I'm less of a sort of poet who uh, who has their own agenda. I'm more of a uh, street laureate. Um, a street laureate. Yeah, That's because laureates are. have to write poems for official occasions. The benighted one. So I do the official occasion one. For the street. And right. if you want a birthday poem written, then you can come to me and I'll write you a birthday poem. Right. Does, do, we have to, order. do we have to bung you a tenor or something like that? Uh, I, yeah, I think do so. You know, is I it mean, a transaction the, 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 for you? The poet laureate, he gets, what does he get, a barrel of claret or something? Well, that was one of them, wasn't it? That, yeah. was, um, that was John Betjeman, I think. Think. I remember him being paid. But then that said, I think it's a broader issue than that. I think uh, poets, poets laureate, that's the plural, isn't it? In, in general, have been paid for about 300, 200 years now in sherry, I think. Is that right? I, loads and loads and loads of bottles of sherry. 
Oh, I hope they don't pay me in sherry. That's no, the no, fee. no. I shall, I shall specify no sherry. You don't want to be. No, what would you rather? What would you? What? Which alcohol would you be paid in for your laureate skills? Oh, definitely single malt. Hubertine, Hubert, yeah. a, good, a good single malt. A good. If it was, a, if it was, a, if the poem was good enough yeah. and actually merited a single malt. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if all you can come up with is a bit of Rupert Bear dog roll, which is, That's you know, I've good. got nothing against it. I'm not being snobby about it. Then um, maybe you know a, a, a monster energy drink or something. Oh, that's good. I think I'd be, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be paid in Gatorade, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that would be me. But I'd, I'd really I'd I'd have to punch above my weight for a single malt. But you asked me what I was inspired by and what art that I would do maybe on that thing. Oh, yes, exactly. And I just, and, and something did occur to me. Hmm. Um, the reason why uh, I always feel a bit inhibited about actually launching that or, or, you know, showing the art that I do and so on is because I disagree so fiercely with... Um, with the art movement that's been going on practically the whole of the 20th century. Wow. You know, I was born in 1950. You were, you were born in the 20th century. I was born in 1950, absolutely smack sometimes. in the middle of it. And I walked straight into the assumption that art was a form of self-expression. Art is a... F and you, you're saying that the, that's an... The all right, continue with that. The assumption that art is Every, a form yeah, of self-expression. as far as I, I was growing up with that, I mean, growing I up, growing up in yeah. Sussex at that particular time, it was a fairly bohemian place. Right. There were still a lot of people who had been there for centuries, yeah. you know. You know, they hadn't all moved out elsewhere and, and, and a lot of people from London moved in. There was still, you know, sort of old pubs with... Um, with practically with rush lights or, you know, that weren't connected to the electricity up in the hills and Outdoor whatnot. Outdoor toilets. Yeah. Uh, well, the woods outside, yeah. madam, Even, you know. <laughs> no no <laughs> toilets. It was that sort woods. of place. So, they, But also artists had moved down there. Right. And they liked the ambience. They liked maybe the, the lack of development and yes. the sort of uh, the peasant culture. I had an artistic movement yeah, in yeah, the yeah. woods. So, so it was very, very usual for people to go around with this sensation and the general assumption that... Um, Art was a wonderful thing to be involved in. There's a lot of people actually yearning to uh, fulfil their creative urges and so on and be an artist. And the uh, the understanding was that it was a form of self-expression. And, what, what, and do, you, do you have a theory that runs counter to that? Well, it's just that that began to take over. And, and so when I was writing poetry right at the very beginning, obviously I went for self-expression in order to bring more power to it and line it up. You know, this is, it's been recommended. And I was good enough, uh, I might say at the time, to actually manage to express myself. And when reading the stuff back, I thought, no, you know, um, there's a lot, an awful lot in poetry that can really work and yeah. really grab you yeah. and everything. But um, actually interfering myself and mm. coming into it and wanting to talk about myself and my feelings mm. uh, wouldn't necessarily... It would seem to be bending the material a bit, you know, sort of thing. Um, and so I abandoned the whole idea of self-expression altogether and looked at this world that I was, uh, I was actually being brought up in as... Um, a world of self-expressionism itself. But that I have, I have a question for yeah, you here. Yeah, I have yeah. a question for you here. Is not all art an act of self-expression? Well, incidentally, yes. Yes, of course it is. Your fingerprints are all over it. If, I, if I paint a tree, that's the tree that I've painted. Yeah. That's my way, Daniel's way of expressing that tree. That tree is a, is, is a product of myself expression would you agree or is there something else that you're getting at here about self-expression that is separate from that idea 
Yes, you can't. You can't possibly do a tree. You can't possibly do a drawing or a painting of the tree without you doing it in the way that you're doing it. But the way that you're doing it, the style that you're using, and everything, um, is not necessarily going to be the real central content. The fact that you are expressing yourself with it. Art is not um, a messenger boy. It's not there to convey a message about you to the world. Yeah. Art is something that actually comes together with its own intrinsic life itself. Yes. And that my feeling was that it was um, there were other things that the material could do that wouldn't necessarily be self-expression. Right. But, Such as. But the but the fashion for that sort right. of writing. I mean, you know, like a, a heroic poem about um, a storm at sea, for example. Um, you know, the, the sorts of the uh, the cinematic or um, right or uh, uh, imagined scenario poems. Surely the poem contains the author's uh, 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 version of a storm at sea. It's how the author sees. Yeah, you can tell the, the storm at sea. Done so it. that self-expression yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, there, yeah. isn't it? I'm thinking. Let's think about. Um, remember the Dadaists, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sort of 1910s, 1920s. Uh, Paris, Switzerland, maybe the Dadaists. They did. They did anti-art. Their their idea was to be the opposite of art, mm-hmm. and and uh, they smashed up pianos, for example, didn't they? They would take a sledgehammer to a piano in front of a crowd of people in an auditorium, and they would say, "This is the opposite of art." But the reality is that art itself swallowed that all up and said, "No, no, no, you're not." the opposite of art you're precisely you're, you're precisely art we have room for you in this uh, in this 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 great uh, this great bowl of art right we'll have you as well come in anti art you're also art That's yeah you, you can are. what what they found out in the 20th century is that you can put something forward as art mm. that people wouldn't normally think was art mm. and um, instead of uh, people um, responding to it naturally and instinctively they're responding to what they're being told about it that it, it is art yeah. and it's no the thing if it's duchamp's uh, urinal for example that famous toilet yeah, painting yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, uh, toilet itself not a painting at all yeah it's not going to do to them what a piece of art does but it's interesting because it's uh, it's controversial well it's also and art, we know it? that art is controversial yeah. therefore if it's controversial yeah. it's probably art yeah. but as personally you know it was taking me away from my engagement with the mm. material Mm. And I was going on to say that I discovered something in the end that really uh, validated my reservation because I was doing some pottery and I, uh, I'd, I'd been making myself some um, some puppets that were... Um, puppets and pottery, there yeah. we are. That's uh, the lovely, lovely art yeah, and alliteration yeah, coming to you from the anarchist monastery. Marionettes, you've made marionettes. Yeah, they were marionettes and they were going to be stoneware fired and they were going to be hung in series and that made, um, the, that, that made them marionettes and, and, and puppets. Uh, and you could you could uh, in, increase the size of their legs, raise their heads up, have their arms going all over yes, the place, s- sliding around on the strings. So that's what I was doing. But I was uh, a lot of the clay that I was using would dry up, and I was um, beginning to moisten it up again and turn it back into clay that I could use. And squeezing it between my hands, it would be running out and squirting out in beautiful curls. Right. Okay. And I could suddenly see that what was happening to the clay coming out through my fingers, it was coming out in a way that was absolutely determined by 
its materiality and your and, and by the its shape of your content. fingers as well. That's so. right. That's right. And it's curling around. And it's something I could not have made myself. And so that gave me that that was the central insight that gave me the idea that I will allow the material in future to speak. There will be self-expressiveness, but it will be the self-expressiveness of the material I'm handling. Oh, I really want to go and squeeze a load of clay now and get that yeah, running through my yeah, fingers. Yeah, so that's all sorts of things with that's it. World Art Day. That's World Art Day. So mm -hmm. wherever you are, I, I hope that you enjoy some art. It's Saturday the fifteenth. Very much, uh, very much hope you can. Attach yourself to a piece of art that day and see life through the eyes of another person. I suppose that's the reality, isn't it? Okay, what art day? Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Welcome back to the Anarchist Monastery. Now, the next thing that we're going to go on to, long promised and uh, looked forward to, I expect, is the next episode of Daniel's Adventures with the Foreign Office. Daniel, I think we left you in India. Are you still there? I was left in India once again. I'm still in India. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still in uh, still in uh, Bombay or Mumbai uh, as as it's as it's known today. I suppose it will forever be Bombay for me. Um, I'm 23. Uh, I'm working as the accountant. We may remember at the at the Deputy High Commission. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm still really struggling to find out who I am. I got terribly depressed. I, may, I think I may have talked about that last time. I got dumped by a girlfriend. Um, I now the, 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 I think as a, I'm going to talk about another terrorist incident. Unbelievably. Oh really? Because we remember last time we yeah, talked yeah. about the, the the Japanese Red Army faction in those, Italy. The, yeah, those yeah, bunch yeah. of manga weirdos in, yeah. in uh, and Henry Moore and in, the uh, Henry Moore culture. Yes. Uh, this time, this this was the late 80s, so mid to late 80s. I guess there was a lot more sort of, you know, um, radical groups around than there are today, perhaps, right? So um, we all get it. I'm working at the High Commission. Everyone gets a letter sent to them um, with their name at the top. And it's, it's the letters come from um, the uh, Organization of Revolutionary Socialist Muslims, as I recall, um, which is a... a, a, a a fa an anti-imperialist faction of Abu Nidal, which was a, a, a terrorist group, I think, that sort of predated Al-Qaeda. We all had letters written to us, and it was, Dear Daniel Connolly, uh, God willing, you will, be, uh, you will be executed on such and such a date, which is pretty damn terrifying when you get... My goodness. When you get a letter yeah, like that, yeah, right, yeah. sent to you. Pretty damn terrifying. Well, what did you do with it? Well, it, I didn't have much choice because... Exactly at that time, I had an I had an abscess on my liver, which had been uh, gestating for about twelve months, and it suddenly erupted. One weekend, I had a friend staying, I had a girlfriend staying over. I don't think I'd be alive if she hadn't been. Uh, I have, I'm having a, I'm having a few people over to dinner. It's a Friday night, I, and I don't feel great. I feel like I've got a bit of a I cold. I you don't. <laughs> bit of a cold. Bit of tastes like feels like a bit of flu coming yeah, on. Yeah. Get everyone over to dinner. Had this been troubling you for a while? No, I hadn't. I'd, I'd had, uh, I'd had dysentery like a couple of times. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. in the, I mean, everyone. Gets so it came from the blue, really. Everyone gets dysentery. In it suddenly happened to you. It was just, yeah, it was there on my liver. It had been on my liver for about a year. And you and, hadn't uh, known about it. And I hadn't known a thing. Right, right. And then right. suddenly one weekend I feel a bit, I feel a bit rough. really frightening. Got people coming over for a bite a week or some friends coming over. feel a bit rubbish. Uh, gets to about eight o'clock when they, they arrive for dinner. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't, I, I don't feel terribly well. I'm, I'm going to have to go and lie down. I can't, uh, I can't have dinner with you. And I'm feeling rougher and rougher. 
then uh, I start shaking. Uh, I'm in a fever. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm really, really unwell uh, for about two days. And I was so lucky to have this, this, uh, this girlfriend staying over um, because I basically couldn't move. Uh, she had to call an ambulance on the third day. Uh, I was rushed into hospital and an abs, they, my doctor in, in Bombay diagnosed, he took one look at me. My skin was yellow, right? So it's this hepatitis. It looked for all the world yeah, like it yeah, could have yeah, been yeah, hepatitis. Yeah. I went yellow and he diagnosed an abscess on my liver, which was bang on, right? Which was spot on. Uh, I'm in, I'm in, uh, in a unit at the hospital in, in uh, Bombay called Breach Candy Hospital. And it overlooks the most gorgeous swimming club which is not great when you're in the hospital looking down on everyone having a really enjoyable swim at this beautiful pool, which is in the shape of India, in fact, in Bombay. Mm, it's an amazing say, place. Yeah, yeah. I'm in hospital. I'm out of it. I'm completely gone. I don't know what's going on. We've had these letters delivered to us, right? And we, it necessitates a police guard. We're, we're, being, we're being guarded then by, by the police, by the local police. And I'm in hospital. And I come to, uh, I don't know, three or four days. I've lost, I lose, uh, I lose about two stone in 10 days. I lose about 28 pounds in 10 days, right? Uh, like 10, 12 kilos, something like that in weight. So I'm very unwell. I come around in the hospital. There's, uh, I'm sitting up there. There's, a, there's a two policemen sitting on the end of my bed. When I wake, I thought that's a bit dreamy, isn't it? This, this is quite not quite real. What's going sitting on? Sitting on the bed, sitting on the end of the bed. On I'm like, the what bed. drugs have I yeah, been given right. here that this right. should be the case? It sounds very casual. Oh, very casual, right? <laughs> sitting on the end of the bed, uh, and as soon as I came to, they wanted, they asked me for money. They wanted money, and um, and oh, they, like you've got it in your pajamas, like I got it. Well, yeah, like my yeah. wallet's in the drawer or whatever yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so they they empty out my wallet, and. Uh, and, and they're still guarding me. And then someone comes from the embassy, someone comes from the High Commission to see, you know, check on them. Someone's coming every day, see if I'm all right. I mean, because I'm basically dead at this point. Daniel, I'm, you've got to tell us what was the money for? Miraculous. What, for them or for me? What did I have the money for? Why did they ask you for money? Because I was a foreigner in a posh hospital and probably had at money. At death's different. door. At death's know? door. Yeah, yeah. At it's death. just uh, just waking up. At death's door. They just, came. They, so be, yeah. I called the high. So the high commission came in. Someone's like the number two came round. Bunch of flowers. How are you doing, Connolly? Everything okay? Ooh. Um, they, I told them. I said, Look, I, th I think those policemen on the. I think they've been through my stuff. I think they've been through my stuff. And he mm. said, Oh, leave it to me. Um, and the next thing I know, within about twelve hours, there were. Two, the other, these first two policemen had gone, disappeared completely. There were two other brand new policemen. One of them had an Enfield rifle, one of those big old Enfield rifles from World War II. That's yeah, how they were wonderful. armed. Yes, yes. Stationed outside my hospital door, they, two new police guards showed up, were the sweetest people I've ever met. We we chatted. I got, I I got well again through them by talking about cricket, because England were touring. India at that time and we just had hours talking about the cricket it was remarkable I was really unwell um, but these two guys uh, they they kind of brought me around this is an interesting medical breakthrough isn't it they the brought, therapeutic effect they brought of me talking back. about cricket the therapeutic effect of cricket I can't yeah. state highly enough uh, yeah, no nor should I you yes no a little a monograph on the subject I think is required remarkable here. so that, all that happened to me that was in that was in uh, in uh, 
in Bombay, so I'm 23 and uh, still very, very confused at the state of the world and what I am and who I am and where I'm going in it, etc., etc. Um, but it was all such terrorism that it sort of followed me around a bit, right? And then I get then I then I get out of the hospital. I remember well. It's, it was it was about a month later, and every year there is a ceremony in Bombay called. Uh, what's it called, Ganeshpati, where um, where Hindu observants make um, statues of the Lord Ganesh. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the god mm-hmm. with the elephant's trunk uh, make statues of the Lord Ganesh out of plaster of Paris or they carve them from wood and everyone goes down to Chowpati Beach, which is the, which is the main beach in Bombay. It's on a crescent. It's one of those classical sort of corniches. This right? sounds absolutely lovely. Um, it's known as uh, it's known as the uh, the Queen's necklace or Victoria's necklace, I think, after Queen Victoria. It's, yeah. it's kind of a necklace shape and, and, yeah. and the yeah. beach goes round. And on one corner of that beach, once a year, uh, observance, uh, Hindu, Hindu observers, they make these amazing statues of, of, of Ganesh and they submerge them in the sea. They take them out into the sea. And part of the ceremony is to submerge these. So I went along. So I, I went along. I went along. I, I, I fancied having a look at this um, uh, in the flesh. Um, so I'm, I'm standing at the edge of a crowd, right? And I'm not going to mess around here. There are maybe a million people show up for this particular mm, ceremony. A million people. No, no, seriously. Right. Yeah, this yeah. Is, Seriously this is, a million people. No, this All is right. this is prime okay, time that's Bombay. That's the first time I've heard that and no, it wasn't no. an exaggeration. Right, no. I'm taking it literally. No, this yeah. is the Pope on Christmas morning, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm standing at the edge of a crowd watching these statues go in. I turn around and suddenly, of course, the nature of crowds, I'm not on the edge of the crowd. I'm about 15 deep yeah, in yeah. the crowd. Right, and I don't like with that. another hundred thousand behind you. And I don't like that very much. Yes. And the crowd's getting bigger and bigger, and I can't see my way out. And I have to turn and get out of there. And it was it was really a panicky moment for I can me. Imagine, I think I imagine. I've I've had um, I've had panic attacks uh, uh, a lot of my adult life, um, and that was a big one. And I was I didn't. For a moment, I didn't think I was going to get out alive. That was a classic, huge crowd situation. And it's a crowd that is very uh, sort of, uh, it's aggressive in its own pursuit at that moment because everyone is moving towards the water and nothing will stop that happening. So it was a crowd with its own... With no appeal. With its own dangerous dynamics. Yes, right? Crowds yes. have extraordinary dynamics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I ran, I pushed, I barged, I scratched, I fought. And I just kept going like and going a desperate man. Yeah, to yeah, get out yeah. of this crowd, right? And how did people respond to you doing this? Did they part? And, and uh, no, they didn't. No, they ignore you they, as, you, as you pushed past they, them. They ignored me. They ignored I mean, you. yeah, they yeah. did. Which is right? Probably the best I stood thing. out as well. I was obviously a foreigner in this yeah, crowd, yeah, in this, yeah, in yeah, this, yeah. in this enormous local crowd. Yeah. Well, so it, I stood out in that regard, and uh, I, I got out. I, I managed to get out, but I was very scared by it, and I was scared forever after. Not forever after, but for some time after, by crowds, and I always, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't really like, I don't like football because it's just crowds, you know. I'm not not a big fan particularly. 
I, however, in, latterly then, I, I, I live in Shanghai after this, right? So I, I, I spent a couple of years in China in uh, um, 2008, 2010. I was, I was living in Shanghai teaching at an international school. And in Shanghai, the Chinese do something quite similar to the Italians on a Sunday. They go for a constitutional, an afternoon constitutional. Um, and everyone does so on this big area called the Bunt B-U-N-D in Shanghai, and that's yeah. that's where everyone... Yeah. Con- it's a lovely walk all the way along the river. It's about a mile long, mile and a half, two miles, something like that, all the way along the river in on the riverside in Pushi in, in, in Shanghai. There's maybe a million people going out for their... Because Shanghai, I mean, busy, 25 yeah. million yeah. people. That was then. Maybe a million people going for their Sunday constitutional in the afternoon, right? The Italians call it the passeggiata, uh, I'm not quite sure what the Chinese call it. Everyone's walking, walking in the same direction. And again, I, I sudden, I'm walking too, and I find myself completely submerged in a crowd. But the difference in the crowd was extraordinary in as much as the Chinese crowd was quite passive and not intent on a fixed purpose, right, which the Indian crowd was. The Chinese crowd were, were ambling, and I was walking against them. And I remember, as you oh, said, really? did, you said, did the crowd part? Yeah. No, but the crowd did part in Shanghai, mm, mm-hmm. and I felt I didn't feel threatened for a second in that crowd. It was it was extraordinary, and that cured me of crowdophobia. Crowd, crowd anxiety. Crowdophobia. Yes. <laughs> I think it cured me of that. Yeah, yeah, well, jolly good. So that, yeah, that's those are my that's a, that's my crowd story um, from my time in uh, from my my time in India and a little, little bit of little bit of Shanghai in China as well. Yes, and a redemptive moment to uh, to bring your account to a close. I think. Let's do that. I think nice. so. We're going to move. We're going to. Yes. If we get time next next week, I'm going to talk oh, a little I bit about so. Bangladesh. Yes. I go and live in Bangladesh next. Imagine that's next door to India. Imagine more that. adventures. But more adventures. They're, they're, yeah, that's a sublime moment. I think. More adventures next week, and I think. That wraps us up for, for this week, doesn't it, Hubertine? I think yes, we're, I, I think I hope that I've had a great time chatting with you, as I always do. Um, we've had a little bit of we had some letters. We had World Art Day. We had Daniel in uh, in in Bombay, and um, the uh, age of self expressionism. The age of self expressionism by by by, by Hubertine Benet himself <laughs> um, should be a book. Should be it will be no anyway. It's, it's already a book in your head. I know. Oh, it. it's definitely a book in my head. Yes, All right. that's lovely. Second edition already. Been great spending time with you, folks, and uh, come back and come back and listen to us next week. Nice talking to you, Danny. Bye. Bye, everybody.